Welcome to the second part of Full Moon Over the Bayou, a custom adventure played in collaboration with Mighty Misfits Menagerie. You can find their YouTube and Twitch channels in the description below. Previously, a group of diplomats and guns for hire encountered a, uh, well, a rather unfortunate individual in an unfortunate situation, but managed to rescue him and bring him to the strangely idyllic, yet with elements of a sinister folk horror that is Herbertsville. Upon being told to essentially F off by the minister, who speaks in a very, uh, in a voice that you would imagine a bulldog would, um, and meeting with the governess and her wife of the town, getting medical care to the individual they rescued, they managed to convince the governess to reveal a rather intense truth about the horrors that have been plaguing Herbertsville, and that they are in some way driven by her wife, Louise, who seems to be a very ill character. But that revelation was just made, and I leave it now to all of you to react to it however you may. Do you mean something like, like lycanthropy or something similar? It's, uh, it's a, there's always folk tales. There's always talks about, about, you know, werewolves haunting the streets, I imagine. There was in the old world. This is, this is something much older than whatever pulp literature you're getting out of there. She's still kind of fumbling for her words. Um, and they haven't been able to identify whatever this is. It started maybe three months ago. But she's never Louise. attacked you. Well, let me try to start from the beginning. You deserve that much. If, if, if you are going to help, you need to know what's happened. About three months ago is when Luis went out. Now, the way you saw Luis is the way Luis is. She's sick. She, she always been since she was, was a little girl. And me and her used to play out on the playground. And as she got older, well, the doctor always was giving her medication to make sure she stayed healthy, but... It was estimated that she didn't have much longer to live. And Luis was a bit of a rebel. All that I knew. I wanted to make change and so did she. She's a little less subtle about it. And she managed to get some gold in her pocket. And she made her way out towards the road. I think her plan was to go to Electroval and, well, I suppose, gamble and drink the money away. This meeting is being recorded. Have at least one day where they could, uh, I don't know. It's foolish, I know, and when I heard about it, I was, I was worried and I was condescending. My thoughts were first, what happens if Headwater finds out about this? 
They'll be coming after us like, like a bulldog. But she assured me that she was happy, she gambled, she, she swore to me that she was faithful and sleep with any whores, and I trust her on that. But it happened about seven days later. She disappeared one night, and I couldn't for the life of me found. I thought that she wandered off and, and, and died. She lost her marbles, and, and that was the last I was ever going to see to her at the dinner we had that evening. But then she showed up in the morning. First, she had some cuts on her eye, some blood. I asked her what happened, and she said she didn't know, and I, and I believed her. But then I found that every couple of nights, she'd disappear again. I'd turn over on the mattress and find that Luis was gone. So, the time that she was away when you were promised that nothing uh, of consequence had happened. It's just a black hole. I thought that way for a while until she started telling me about the dreams she was having. Dreams of, of, of hunting and capturing like a, like a creature of the night. And they were corresponding when she would disappear. She, eventually we found footprints that weren't quite hers, but seemed to come from the same direction as hers, leading out towards the uh, the boardwalk, the highway that connects Electroval to the, the settlements beyond the swamp. To, to clarify, you're saying that as her illness progressed, she started becoming this beast? That's the funny thing, too, is her illness hasn't gone better since I've known her. It just hasn't gone worse. Hmm. But something else has taken hold of her, and oh, we've been trying. We've been we've been trying to to chain her up in the basement with her with her help. But she's changed too. She's she's not as as understanding as before. She she's speaking with like she wants to deal with it, and she'll she'll she wants to get rid of it no matter what the cost. I've been trying to convince her she wants to wander out in the swamp and find the the creature that Herbert made a, 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 a pact with when he founded this town. But I think that that, that that would be disastrous for her. Mind if, mind if we speak to her one-on-one? You may. We'll as you see a figure stumbling from behind the corner. Mm-hmm. Korok, you maybe, like, heard, like, the rocking of the crane and the creaking of the floorboard before everyone else, but before you really had a chance to say anything, she spoke up and revealed herself. And you see the woman is now no longer leaning on the cane, but is standing there. What do you remember about the first time, or maybe even before... You know, the first time you felt a change. She kind of giggles a little bit. I've come to accept my, my condition. The problem is, is that... I can't expect to... 
be living my life much longer if I've got mm. wolf hunters. She kind of like gestures into the parlor where the doctor is attending to the man in the uh, wheelchair. Been coming after me. Or the well. hounds. Like Minister Clearwater coming after me. I want I want free of whatever influence it is. If but we that, can Gosh darn hag laid on me. Hag? I don't know what she is. I'm just thinking of stories, but something. You you spoke Creature to someone of before this happened? She speaks to me. She speaks she, to you. She tells me to go out and hunt. To teach them the lessons. And do you know where we can find her? I got an inkling. Then but I'm not going to go there. You you're are. Not gonna... You're you good. You're going to slay that bitch. Uh, How about you draw some map to lead us there? To be perfectly fair, I think we'd all feel more comfortable if you didn't go with us. So I'm glad we're in agreement of that. Let's just say that when the hunger kicks in, you don't got much room to, uh, well, deviate. So yeah, all of you. You're going to help me and you're going to help my wife out with this. And then you're going to leave. And we're never going to be crossing paths again. Whatever problem's been solved, whatever you want to write about, that's fine. Me and Elena will go off our own direction. This whole place can burn to the ground for all I care. That doesn't sound like much of a trade. I mean, Other we option. get our story, we get our profit, and they get their peace. You also don't gotta deal with me when well, I become a problem. We're uh, going to try and take care of the thing that creates the problem that is you, and if we're successful in that, you will no longer be a threat. So, good. perhaps we well, can... I don't know if I'll be no longer a threat, I'll just be... I just won't be under her influence no more. So a reward for doing this is a story. I sure. mean, that's what that's what I came here for, and that's I believe what you were hired to help me with. Elena's just like, please don't antagonize. I'm not trying to antagonize them. I'm just telling them the truth, and I don't want to be cured of none. This 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 power that I got, it's keeping me alive. It's given me a chance with my wife. But the only problem I have with it is I don't got no control of myself when I turn. Mm-hmm. It's and her we'll who's driving that. the dog whistle. I don't want to be cured. I want to be let off the leash. And I'll go far, far away from here. Can I insight that to be sure that she doesn't intend on just going full feral? Go ahead. Uh, that's not great. That's a 10. It's hard to tell from her complexion. She speaks with conviction and with a stately manner that I imagine Gloria has encountered many times in her career. Mm-hmm. But she does seem to be laying the terms quite clearly and seems to be looking at all of you with 
an expectation to go along with what she's saying. I'm clearly ready to go along with this. How about the rest of y'all? Well, if they're leaving, there's nothing that says that we can't have further communication with the town. And that's more what I was interested in in that conversation, so I think mm. that I can agree as well. Elena looks at all of you and says, "You, please, don't, don't listen to her. She's... If I ask her not to, she's not going to hurt you. But... But please make sure that you understand the risks of what you're volunteering to do. Don't feel like we're forcing you into this. The only thing forcing me into anything is a story, friend. That's all I'm here for, and it's what I'm gonna get. And I'm just here to do the right thing. Alright then. I'll sit you on the path, and then I'll be gone. Well, you done? Or you want to get there after night? Please, hmm. uh, Miss Louise, lead the way. She looks Don't. over at the one individual who's just still stuck in the position and waves her hand in front of his face. He needs a brief rest. I feel like he might have spaced out a little bit. Mind if we can complete the hour? Out of character. May we get short yeah. rest? Uh, <laughs> Louis, Louis says, You can take a nap here for all I care. We'll head out at High Moon on the bayou. And she'll make her way off. Wait, so are we getting a long rest? Elena looks at all of you and says, Thank you. Please rest here as long as you need. Make whatever preparations you, you feel like you must. And I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but... Please do. Take a moment to rest and, and, and we will be gone. You, 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 you will get whatever story you want out of it. Will disappear into the wasteland. Let me know if you need anything until then. Oh, doctor, please, um, if I could have a moment with you. And she'll just start talking to the doctor, and the doctor will be like, Oh, yes, uh, what do you see that this individual, he, uh, yeah, he have a rather nasty wound. I managed to bind it a little bit, but what this man needs is a, a few days of rest. And they'll just kind of talk down the hall, but you at least get that information. And I leave it to you for whatever sort of rest you'd like to take. All right, so I you guess we begin. get a long rest. I mean, I don't even need a long rest, honestly. I just, I just, I just want, I just want. Well, if we can get a long rest, my my divination dice are very nice. <laughs> it's up to you guys. Like I said, even a long rest is only six hours for me. So, I control the dice now. <laughs> um, no more low rolls for me. I believe with Warforged, it's still eight hours to take a rest. You just can spend six hours of it in an inactive state. You can spend it all just just staring, like elves, just staring at her. Eight hours for elves, but just staring at our beastie lady friend. At least that's how I always interpret it. Now talk about powerful women. I say I I don't necessarily get a benefit from like a long rest right now, but I'm happy to do it to get back the benefits for the other folks. Yeah, yeah if we don't thing. lose anything from getting a long rest, 
Well, that's the thing, too, is that the only factor here is time. Um, if that's even a concern to you. If you leave after a long rest, it will be closer to midnight or past midnight when you leave. If you leave in an hour, it, the day will still be up. So it's not, so it's not evening right now? It's like, th it's like 3 or 4 p.m. Hmm. All right. All right, dudes, how, how important, how important would my divination die be to you? Because that's the main thing I'd be getting back. And you can re-prepare resources, too. Don't forget about that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And picking new spells. For the first time in a long time, I have no spells to pick. <laughs> you would get your, you would get your one psionic die back that you spent. Uh, well, I got that back already. Hmm. Because during the short and death, guys, during a short rest, just in case, you know what? Locate creature would actually might actually might be useful to me if she goes feral. That's true. Because <laughs> I've been within thirty feet of her. And I do not trust this monstrous first lady. That's another thing. Are you going to actually help, or do you just want to dip out of here? We got our story. There's also Bye. options too, like. Do you I don't know how interested you are in engaging with uh, First Minister Clarence Headwater. I mean, see, I, I haven't found what I'm looking for yet, so. Um, I guess so maybe. Oh, I think we probably should talk to the First Minister at some point if he's willing to. Mentally. <laughs> Um, it seems as though we've been <clears throat> chosen aside in this battle, but we have some information that might be useful if we were interested in another side. I like Elena. I don't trust Louise. If mm. you're speaking mentally, uh, Dilby will say back, if you're talking about that piece of shit pseudo-mayor. I don't ex uh, don't support fascism in any form, so I will not deal with him. <laughs> Are these the only two power factors within this city, then? From what you've encountered, it would appear that there's a governess and there is the clergy. Of course, there's always the capacity to spy and see if there's anything useful to gain from their private conversations. True. I do love a good mask. And of course, if more than one round of invisibility is required, I do, I do have one of my own to use. Well, perhaps we take a stroll and decide from there. All what? right. So would so it sounds like some of you want to begin a long rest, maybe, mm. or at least a short rest, while maybe some of you could go out and do some reconnaissance on the political layout of the situation you've wound up in. I'll take some hours to meditate on the possibilities of tomorrow, and the rest of you could continue investigating if you'd like. I can take a long rest, and the rest of you can keep investigating if you want to. <laughs> I mean, do we trust 
leaving you safe here? Should there be someone stay in case the beast is hungrier than we realized? I think I'll be safe with Elaine. She doesn't seem like she's ever been hurt. Your traveled glory, I trust your judgment. I trust my own judgment as well, thank you. Who's going for a stroll? Uh, if you allow me to finish my short rest, which I already started during that whole conversation, <laughs> I'll go with you. Otherwise, I need to. to I was going to say, like, maybe, maybe, I was going to, from what it sounded like, maybe Gloria would make some of them invisible and begin taking a short rest, which I'll allow you to feed into a long rest if it goes that long. While maybe Quark or Quark and Groth maybe do their reconnaissance invisibly. Is that what is that the plan here or uh yeah i can do that i can use my yeah i'll use my okay who wants some free invisibility <laughs> who wants some invisibility who wants some who wants some spicy don't see me juice <laughs> oh, it's spicy. it burns so, so good so <laughs> invisibility is a concentration can you do more than one uh, well, I, 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 well, to both of us have invisibility. Mm -hmm. So I guess, I guess for an hour I'll just be concentrating and I won't be able to take a short rest. You can also but I'll just upcast chill it. In I'll, here. I'll let, I'll let you take a rest while you make everyone else walk around. I don't mind that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I can. That's not what I'm concerned about. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we just. Yeah. Don't... Can I upcast it? Uh, nah. I use have this invisibility from a feat. So I can only I, use I will it on not one impede person. you guys from splitting the party. <laughs> All right, one of you gets invisibility. <laughs> um, yeah. You can also upcast invisibility. I don't know if you're interested in a higher uh, level the slot or... um, I because I have it fruit through the feet. It doesn't look like I can upcast it. I thought that. Uh, oh, is that shadow touched? Yep. I'm pretty sure that it adds it to your spell list. Yeah. yeah uh, okay. If it's on my spell list, it didn't show as be being able to upcast on my spell list, which is. Why I didn't think so. All right, I will, yeah. I will let you do it. I'm pretty sure that's how it works, but if not, then whatever. We're having fun. All right. Thank you, mighty benevolent DM. No I worry. shall upcast it. No worry, humble player, Pat Pat. Um, yeah. Bloop. With a swirl of aether sigils, both Groth and uh, Korok disappear. All right. Well, they fumble around until you bump into each other's hands. And I, the single Spice Girl, will take a nap. Alright. Meditating, studying some books. And uh, yeah, you guys are gonna head out. Continual, uh, continuing mentally. Um, Groth? You big old lug? Did you have any insights or any curiosities of where you would like to look? No. All right. Well, let's see if we can stumble into anything interesting. And I suppose make our way out and try and... Is there anybody else in the room besides the four of us at this point? 
There's the four of you. Um, Elena had basically gone off to check on Luis. There's still the dude who's still weekending at Bernie's in the sunroom. Repair that he's gotten proper medical care and needs rest. So I guess try and open the door as a little. You've still got his pile of crap sitting next to him. <laughs> oh, we gotta come back for that. I'm <laughs> still for weapons. <laughs> the question is, do you want a gun? I don't know if I'm gonna be the best shot, but. <laughs> that's a dex. That's a dex thing, right? Right. You'd have like a plus five to it. <laughs> Okay, I would love a gun. <laughs> so you're just gonna Hit sneak into the sunroom next to the pile of like crates of this guy's belongings that you've salvaged, and you're gonna just grab the gun from the nearby table and the bullets. Yeah, especially the fancy-looking ones. All right. So just to let you know, I don't think Quark's ever used one, but they're semi-common enough that you would know generally that these are Thunderstone. They use a magical sort of aether component mix that stores thunderous energy. They work as a gun if you roll a natural one on them. Um, similar to like Pathfinder rules, they misfire. Um, and specifically with thunderstone weapons, they explode dealing thunder damage. Um, not destroying the entire mechanism, but just kind of shooting it back at you when it misfires. So, so okay, not to get too in the weeds, but uh, as You're a, a halfling. halfling, yeah. <laughs> Funky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's cross that bridge when we get there, shall Got we? It. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Okay. Um, you know, I've never seen a halfling uh, misfire one of these things ever in my life. <laughs> it's always just a, a smoldering pair of <laughs> Okay. All right. So, I'll tuck the weapon into my uh, pocket, and I suppose beyond. You can go ahead and give yourself 40. Regular bullets and nine silvered bullets. Nine silvered, all right. Not that you'll need them. And the damage die for oh, this never. is a d8. A d8, okay. Great, awesome. All right. Uh, so off. Hmm? Okay, so you're off to go see the wizard. Off we go. The wonderful the wizard of our wild. No, no, no. We're leaving the wizard behind. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, where would you like to go? What would you like to do? Um, is there a building that looks like a church? <laughs> yes, there so certainly is. And you see that there seems to be a bit of a congregation there of people. A faint ding, 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 ringing of bells moments before you stepped outside. Uh, seemed to be calling some sort of gathering. You're not entirely sure what. Bruh. Walk softly, but carry that large stick, and make our way towards the church of Grothesdown. You are literally making your way downtown. Downtown. Um, not walking fast. No, we're not yeah, you're not walking up walking a hill. You're not walking through a swamp. You are literally making your way downtown. Um, yes. Yeah. Both of you would like to roll stealth checks just to sit that baseline. See the fun part of it. Is it advantage with being invisible? It is. <laughs> okay. Wow, okay. <laughs> so it's advantage, so that means I have no advantage because I'm actually disadvantaged, so I'm just straight roll. Yeah. Straight roll. That's an 18 for me, which is like pretty oh, low shit. for what I can roll. Oh shit. It's a uh, dirty 20. Alright. So about. 
Well, Rogues uh, and bugbears, you know? Yeah. yeah, super sneaky. As you begin making your way to the town, you find that there is this gathering of uh, people of the town. And you see that the, uh, the first minister uh, is sitting there speaking to the crowd as he kind of shambles behind a bit of a podium. You see a big, sort of beautifully ostentatious like the it was a, a very big very lavish portrait in elena's house here it is quite saintly the depiction of uh saint herbert and his dark skin complexion and the facial hair that's as white as his clothing the but he, he seems to be carrying a similar crook to the one that uh the first minister carries and is, is dressed in a, a a much more regal attire all these candles laid out at the bottom of it all these wooden pews handled out in a sort of uh, staggered row. And you hear the fellow speak out as you begin to creep up and approach. Fine people of Herbertsville who have heard the great word of our founder and has continued to listen to the words and the lessons and the virtues that we live by each day. We have met by terrible news. We are being invaded by forces beyond our comprehension deplorables from a cesspit by the edge of the swamp by the sea washed up and the tides have made their way here what more is the sins committed by those wolves hiding in our congregation they they threaten our very livelihood have taken the lives of our best men and daughters it is because of of, of people like the governess that we allow to continue to take charge, that we give her the power we need. Mind you, when I speak, I mean no ill contempt. She knows not what the sin she's doing, but she still must face confession and judgment, just like my son, Roderick. Come here, Roderick. And you see that there's this younger boy who steps out. Roderick, as you might have known, was stealing from the sugarcane farm when he was not supposed to. But like a man, and like an upstanding citizen, he took his lashings, and you see like the kid like lowers it, and you see the kid's back is completely scarred. He's like probably like 15, 16 years old. And you see it's kind of been lashed into a sort of X pattern on his back. That's enough, son. My son himself. He, he is willing to pay a price that not even the governess is willing to, for the good of our people. I am calling on each of you. Tonight, before the moon has risen, we will confront Gloria and we will explain the predicament and we will ask that she makes the same confessions that all of us have. And we will see that the threat is no longer festered. Her indulgences on outsiders for her morbid curiosities of what lies beyond they will not corrupt our congregation, not corrupt the people that are great. Our great founder, Herbert. He said Elena, sorry. But we, we will survive and the flame will burn true. Do not be charmed or frightened by their words, men and women. We, we will endure long after they are sucked into the bowels of the many hells that lie beneath this fetid swamp. 
Cork, Groth, what are you guys doing? Mm. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Groth? You are dismissed! Groth, if we leave them alone tonight, it sounds like they are going to take her. Yeah. I don't feel comfortable leaving her here without that knowledge, at least. I feel like a lot of these problems could be solved if something happens to the priest. Well, if he's alone, something could happen to him. Can we follow the first minister now that he's dismissed the congregation? Yeah, and as people begin to scatter and some of them walk up in a line to kind of like cross their heart and kneel before the portrait of Herbert, you see that the uh, man kind of goes around and starts shaking hands and thanking them and his son's like behind him. And he says, you're a good kid. We name our kids like you. Um... And, uh, yeah, begins making their, uh, way out, shaking hands, and eventually he's joined by, uh, two of these, uh, makeshift militia guards dressed in a similar sort of white Cajun clothing. And he begins making his way towards a small little cottage near the edge of the sugarcane field. Much smaller than the rest, but just as beautifully painted and flowers planted in its garden little uh swinging bench seat built outside keeping and he's just patting the kid on the back saying like well we'll have some good conversations me and you come on kid come on kid after a day like that you deserve some good soda good what soda soda okay. he's gonna buy he's gonna buy his his kid or grandkid you're not entirely sure um yeah, that's, uh, yeah. He's going to he's gonna make him some, some homemade soda. Let him know that he loves him. And he's proud of him. It's real I fucked up, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so follow, <laughs> see how close we can get to the house. Yeah. Well, eventually the two individuals just kind of take a seat um, outside on the porch while, like the two militia people, as the two of them make their way into the house, it doesn't look like there was any lock on the door. One of those neighborhoods. And they'll make their way inside the house and close behind it. Um, how how are you following them? I imagine I I was imagining visually like you were maybe like forty feet behind them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just Same kind of cases. invisibly holding hands and enjoying the fields and the flowers. It's like Ross hands all the way up by up his here. ankle. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more I have my hand on your shoulder and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Roth isn't ready for that kind of intimacy, not yet. Groth. <laughs> Groth just put one of those little backpacks with a leash on Carrick. <laughs> uh, apologies. Uh, Rio has a problem with the smaller races. <laughs> and some little kid like comes running in between us and gets hooked by the thing. It's clothesline. Groth. Let me just... <laughs> Okay, um there's a bird that whaps its way into Grog's back before landing on the ground and then flying away. 
This is... They don't see that. If we think that this is the best course of action, this is probably the closest we're going to get him to alone. But then we have to deal with the child as well. This is not a time for witnesses. Um... I'm not saying that that's what we do, I'm just telling you what we're up against. Uh, I'm gonna message our DM real quick. Um, Keep in mind, you can also send a message to uh, the other folks who are waiting. I say we're less than a mile left... away, so this group chat is yeah. open. <laughs> like... What's worse? What's what's worse than a cultist? A child! <laughs> <laughs> I will say I do not want to harm the child. I'm what I'm saying is we need to find a way to deal with him if we're intending on killing his father figure in front of him. And removing him is one of those ways. Um If this, is, if this is what you think will keep everyone safe and complete your mission, then yes. This is not to do with my mission. This doesn't have anything to do with taking care of the beast? I guess removing him would make it so that perhaps no one would come after Elena while we're gone. I follow you. Wait, <clears throat> so are we all within group chat distance? We are, yeah. I think we're less than, as long as we're less than a mile away, we are. Mm. We do but have poisons. make it seem more natural than slash marks. Mm-hmm. I would say that I don't know if any of you have ever lived in a small village before, but generally when someone dies and there were outsiders that happened to be there at the same time, those outsiders are generally looked upon with badly. My understanding is that tonight we're going to be leaving this town and not coming back. And we'd only be doing this to protect Elaine. So if anything, we can try to turn this into a sympathy moment for her so that she is not attacked. Additional point of interest in order and question. Um... According to Louise, as soon as she's free, both of them are going to leave. Which means that this town will be mm -hmm. left in the hands of this demagogue that is uh, not fit to rule. And if both of them are removed, we do not know who it falls to. And beyond the story, how much do we care about this town? I suppose not much. 
Do we think they would be better off with a leader or without? Not with him. Then we kill him. Then we kill him. Uh, Grawl? Poisoner Blade. Not that I necessarily condone assassination, but isn't the swamp filled with alligators who would gladly remove any evidence? <laughs> oh, yes, but we need to kill him first. The, the swamp uh, eats the evidence! <laughs> the, the problem is... Uh, the easiest way to deal with him would be to kill him with the blade and take him to the swamp, but we have a witness. The poison I mean, makes the witness less of an issue. I'm. Are your blades invisible? Don't they more attack the mind? If I make an attempt against him, I will no longer be invisible. No, what she means is like you don't cut with your blades, don't you? Isn't it all psychic damage? So I mean, That's technically true. there would be no wounds. <laughs> that is true. You can hide. Um, I think you're muted. I'm muted. Apologies. Totally good. Um, if no, I was just making sure I was unmuted. Um, I mean, yes, if you had no eyes on you while you attempted such an assassination, if that is what you are have decided to do as a party. I will see that you have a fair shot at this heist. But I do raise a counterpoint. Um, there seems to be, aside from Elaine, no dissenters to this village. So while we view him as a problematic demagogue, uh, there is literally no proof that every last person in here believes everything he's saying. And whoever you, you just pick up where they left off. I mean, they've been worshipping this portrait of a man for how many centuries? 130 years. So, I say we focus on the uh, uh, particularly feral wife and uh, the governess and uh, leave the town to its own devices. You know what? Dimly, you are right. When... Dimly, but yes. <laughs> when we deal with this hag or whatever it is that is our primary issue we can always come back and kill the first minister after the fact not to mention uh, most human countenances are very susceptible to bludgeoning and stabbing so it would not be terribly difficult for a group of adventurers to systematically destroy the village entirely okay well that's a little bit beyond my level of bad and uh <laughs> Groff do you say we take a pause on our assassination I'm not entire... saying that we systematically uh, destroy the entire village. I'm just saying that it is a uh, a, a, a possibility that I could route. It's, it's, it's on the table. It's I'm. It's on the table. I'm, I'm just pointing it's on out the top of the pile. I'm just out. I'm just pointing out that it is logically much easier to kill a village than one monster. So. <laughs> Still be we are. Still be we are. We are. We are. We are primarily uh, uh, journalists. But I'll casually remind you. I am just, as the saying goes, picking up the vibe. The very human vibes, I completely understand. Yes. When pure neutral goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Grub, um, they're talking about assassinating a dude. I mean, it would be much easier to 
to take care of the hag and then kill Dude, everybody. Well, I, I, what I'm saying is that a crime syndicate over a fascist demagogue is perhaps a better choice. <laughs> Wasn't the point of assassinating him to keep what's her name? Elaine. Yes, no, you're correct. That is true. We need to... Elena, yeah. Okay, Elena. so perhaps... I mean, but perhaps the... Elena can... Proper... Couldn't Elena just leave town? Perhaps the proper choice of action is to let Elena know they're planning on coming to punish her and then let her make that choice for herself. Yeah. I don't believe that she's a terribly logical person based on her behavior towards Louise, but she deserves a chance. So what are we and doing? And of course... And of course, if everything goes to shit, the swamp eats all the evidence. Perfect. And we still get a story <laughs> out of it. I mean, town disappears in the swamp is not a bad byline. You just go looking for the snake at the beginning. <laughs> oh, if, hey, sorry well, about before. If you have no objections, shall we return to the governess's manor? You always know where to come oh, yeah. back. Okay. So we'll come back to the governess's manor then. Yeah, so like you're so it's like you're doing the thing like where you're talking on the phone just as you're about to meet someone and you're like, oh no, I'm I'm right over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, you can't see me. I'm invisible. Sorry. Come on. Well, I guess uh, having completed my short rest, I will go and speak with Elena. You can have a short rest completed if that is what you uh, wish to have. Yeah. Because that's all I really wanted was a short none of you rest. lost hit dice, so. Yeah. I just wanted my sorcery points and my spell slots back. So I will go. Uh, where is Elena currently? Um, I would say that Elena has kind of. They, I'd say that they'd still be in there. Yeah, they'd they'd still be like talking to each other beyond the door, but you'd have to kind of get to the close to the door and try to snoop if you wanted to hear more. Uh, but you could always no. knock. Uh, I'll, I'll just go and open the door. Um, uh, <laughs> Elena. Oh. <laughs> um, hello. Oh, yes, oh, uh, if you... Hopefully... I gotta remember her voice. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just about to come out. Um, well, uh... Uh, uh, Elena, the uh, demagogue of the city is uh, coming to uh, punish you this evening, so it might be prudent to move up your plans of exiting the village. <laughs> her eyes go wide. Louis, uh, Louise stands up with a fury in her eye. Well, then. That's good to know. And she'll walk up to you and she'll put her hand on your shoulder. Uh, he moves I appreciate you. Oh, you kind of uh, shy away? If, if you don't mind, I'm uh, quite averse to touching. Of course. Well, I appreciate what you did. And, uh, just in case we don't meet up in time. And, like, the rest of you see uh, Dilby just speaking to uh, Louise, standing in the, in the corridor, and she's just speaking very close to Dilby. Um, Elena can overhear it. She, uh, she goes, just in case you can't, uh, just, just head south of where we are. Here you come to the old uh, asphalt. The road there will lead you to her home. Just in case I can't catch up with you later. Chill. Uh, just so you know, we are not opposed to you uh, to raising the village to the ground. <laughs> she gives you a look. 
and keep going. <laughs> don't wait. So sorry, she we can see her. Uh, yep, she makes her way out. Dilby says that out loud, kind of calling to her as she's about to walk out the door, as she's kind of grabbing her cane and leaning onto it more. Um, clearly acting. Um, as she begins to kind of put on like a, a, a shirt as she or like a coat as she's walking out the door. Um, if you would like to do as something. She, as she's like talking, like leaving, um, uh, can I... I lift up my eye patch and tap. There's gem that's replaced one of my eyes. Sure. And so, so you go ahead and you lift up your eye patch and you see through the crystal glass. Roll me a perception check. Ooh. 24. 23. It's weird. You see for a moment what looks to be like a tiny little bubble pulsing next to your head and kind of drifting towards the door where uh, Elena, Louise just walked out of. And as soon as you, like, you look at it, it just kind of pops and it's gone. That's clairvoyance. Someone's been spying. Groth, you see that? Okay, so bubble... Uh, does she look any different? Nope. No one else seems to notice it. You're the only one who seemed to have noticed it when you activated your eye. Okay. Um, and looking around the room, there's nothing... Nothing other than that that stands out. You do still kind of see the wispy tendrils of the ethereal plane kind of floating around you. But no. Um... Uh, it seemed as though as soon as you looked at it for like a good three to four seconds, it almost as if recognized that you were looking at it and disappeared. I don't see anything particularly interesting about a certain party number in here. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you would totally see that. <laughs> I think. Nobody yeah. would see that, right? Well, it depends on what effect we're talking about. I have true sight right now. It's true sight out to 120 feet. If you tell us. Automatically detect visual illusions. Can see uh, into the ethereal plane. That sounds. It depends. It depends what what side of Dilbert you're looking at. Groth secretly sees all. Wait. Yeah. So does Groth tell us this? Well, I uh, was one uh, thing at a time. Dilby, what does what does Dilby look like underneath? Of the illusion. I mean, he he is a robot. So <laughs> I mean, like he has a metal face. He only uses disguise self. On his clothing, like when he changed it to white, but otherwise it's real clothing, and he only uses this guy's self essentially on his chest up, um, where it's, he yeah, it's, it's like human face. It's, it's like in Marvel when when Vision like goes into his robot form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. You see uh, that Groth? You also see you also see Korik wearing a bulky suit of leather armor that doesn't quite fit right on him because <laughs> that's an illusion as well um i'm gonna look at both of them and just kind of nod and then keep looking around and if i don't see anything um i would describe the bubbles um what is did anyone see that bubble there uh you mean like uh some kind of divination sensor describe uh, it it was a 
bubble that was next to me and then I looked at it and it flew off and popped when it realized I was looking at it, I think. Do I recall what this is? I would say Gloria would know that it it sounds like some sort of divination sensor. You're not entirely sure by what, based on the detail that Groth can give you. But you're trained in divination magic and the description he gives. You would be able to piece that together, that someone was peering through an invisible sensor. There's a magic user we don't know about, and they're spying on us. Are we sure Uh, it's one that we don't know about, or do we think it's possibly someone we've already experienced? Well, we currently are not aware that they're a magic user. Ah. I'm gonna walk out of the house and start walking back towards the priest's house. Are you still invisible? You? I assume not. I'm not walking with a weapon in hand, I'm just walking. Yeah, it's, it's been enough time that you're not invisible anymore. You're in the house, you've had a moment. A brief theory is that it's probably the mentioned hag, if the hag story is true. Either that or it's Elena. No, because Elena was with us, so we would have... It, I mean, she it looked like it was to you, Gross. It looked like the bubble was following... Um, it looked like it was following Luis out the door. Until I have a feeling. I have a feeling it's whatever she made a deal with. Or was cursed by. The asphalt path is the best one to track down. But whatever's there will be prepared for us, no matter where when we show up. Hmm. Elena, you must take our... Um, invalid friend and leave town well this is when you hear the argument on the porch as you go to look for elena and you hear louise saying go with them i'll meet you along the way first they gotta come looking ah i'll be out behind shortly and elena goes please you you can't kill them they they didn't do they threatened us they haven't been living. If it makes you feel better, I'll spare the ones I can. But you need to go. Go deal with the problem and the two of us, we can live free. Please, Luis, go now. We don't have much time. They can't find out. They'll sneak you out of here, I'm sure. I'll give you as much of a head start as I can. Do any of you step out as you hear the sort of commotion on the porch? I was coming. I mean, I retrieve Elena, so. Yeah, as you go ahead, you step out. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> they both turn to you. And you see that uh, Louise just takes her cane and sits down on the bench outside their house of the estate. And we'll just wait there. He looks at the two of them. Uh, the two of you and say, like a head turn of like get scramming all right elena you're going to be in charge of our invalid friend (sighs) all right and she'll if you if you bring her inside there is a back exit here Mm -hmm. um but yeah you're gonna go ahead and grab the dude who's currently on an iv drip sure (laughs) ivs are portable (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) just 
tucking it behind his back. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and, and she'll start needs pushing to be him. Above. Needs to be above. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like the stick. You know, like like tuck it behind his back. <laughs> what would the rest of you like to do? So are we head? So are we heading out now, or it's heading out to not confusion? Unfortunately, Gloria, it looks like our timetable has been moved up. Oh boy! <laughs> Unfortunately, hey, we... I will not be able to prepare polymorph. I will say though, good move on uh, Corix and Groth's little uh, investigation, because otherwise that would have been you guys being on the seventh hour of your rest ah and not being able to finish all right having to we're heading the out in the house we're heading out well. all right okay well as you begin making your way out the back this is going to be a little bit of a skill challenge as you make your way out of the town unseen is there anything that someone would like to begin by contributing to this challenge? You could offer a skill if you have like an item you think could contribute to this. Uh, if you um, have a resource like a spell slot that you'd like to expend that may, depending on it, oh. make it really easy to succeed or be an automatic success by expending it. When uh, we leave town, are we going by the recess? The... There we go. No, so the town itself is built into a sort of an almost semicircle, with all the okay. houses kind of with these gardens in between, and then there's like a lower area that begins to get closer to the swamp where all the agriculture happens. Um, you can just head out the back, and then you're met by that same like hundred foot swill hill into the swamp that you can. Um, then you'll have to travel through the swamp, but you know that's kind of implied. Uh, I will prepare. I a subtle spell charm person so the first person who tries to stop us suddenly becomes our best friend okay so yeah so not really preparing it because preparing it would require yeah, yeah, yeah. to spend the spell slot but sure you begin making your way t down towards it and as soon as you are approached by you know just this one militia member who kind of sees you out the back door probably keep an eye on you I won't roll for it because this is a skill challenge you manage to grab a hold of this individual psyche and what do you say I say, just heading out for a walk, old chap. No need to, to pay attention to us. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Just make sure that uh, you get back here real soon. Uh, uh, I heard that um, uh, old Clarence, he's, he's going to be throwing a party here. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. You know what? I really like parties. You... Yeah, why don't you go ahead? You like ahead? parties? Of course, of course. Everyone loves parties. Why don't oh, you go ahead and uh, save us a seat? Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll get out the decoration. Bye. He'll wait and go inside. All right, that's one success. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I, I was looking challenges. My, looking through my spells. I think I'll be using my investigation and the sketches I've been taking throughout our trip in order to kind of put those together and kind of figure out the best path and make sure we're staying on the right way. I will say that you have not traveled here yet. Ah. There isn't exactly a lot of charting for it. If you want to do uh, maybe like a wisdom check or a survival check, that might apply. Then could I, could I use maybe, could I ritually cast a detect magic to see if like the suit, the closer? Probably not if you want to keep pace. Okay. You could spend a spell slot for it if you have it prepared. I do not have it prepared. 
Would someone else like to go while uh, Gloria considers their options? Can I do anything with athletics to help people? Absolutely. Like, as soon as you get down this hill and you begin making your way through the swamp, someone's going to have to help carry that big chair over, like, the first um, muck pit. Okay. You can absolutely roll an athletics check to, to not slow the party down. Because it's a matter of getting to, like, cover. And by that point, you'll kind of be safe. That is a 19. 19. Uh, easily enough as uh, the the werewolf hunter that you had rescued before um, been been you know pushing his his chair through a mud bank eventually gets so stuck all of you begin kind of panicking trying to like pull him out wondering maybe you'll have to leave the chair behind and then Gross just picks up the whole thing and just carries it about 15 feet half tosses it as the figure just kind of jostles in the seat. Would Ivy bag swinging? <laughs> would a I, I I feel like this might just make things worse, but uh, DM insight would using a cause fear to get people to screw off be helpful in giving us a space we need to slip away? Um, that might be a little insightful. Um, not in the way that you'd think that it would be helpful. Um, but there's gonna be like some nature. You, 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 you could always try like a nature check if you want to like apply intelligence to this. That might help you with like the terrain. Um, would, you got another idea of how investigation could work? You could use that. I was gonna ask about investigation just to try to find the traces of asphalt, but we might be too far out for that. I'd say that it's not so much finding it. That would be more identifying it. Um, but maybe you could try that in a moment. Mm. But yes, so you've currently made your way past the one century. You've made your way through the first bit of the bog. Uh, I guess if any... Your two successes. I guess maybe if there's any creatures that try to impede us, I can try to use a cause fear so that we can just... so that they freeze up and we can slip away. Absolutely. As soon as you make your way on the other side of the bank, you begin to panic as a very large crocodile begins to make its way towards the unconscious man in the chair that you are carrying with you. I would like to death glare the alligator. And you expend your cause for your spell slot, and the alligator quickly just scrambles away as fast as it can. With three successes. We reached three successes before we reached two failures. Or three failures, I had to that. You are in the clear. You make your way on not quite the road, but the muddy embankments that are the opposite side almost of you know where you entered from initially. You were kind of traveling a little bit due south, or maybe southeast. Now you're going maybe a little bit more due south, southwest. Charting the path is difficult, and for a while you find yourself wandering for the first hour or two hours without much direction. You're just kind of trying to keep heading, Gilby probably has a, uh, a compass built into his brain, and he's like, that way. Um, and as you begin making your way through the swamp and really trying to make as much pace as you can, avoiding whatever threats and dealing with them idly as you continue to pass by, Elena stays quiet, almost as quiet as the other fellow who is traveling with you. And at a certain point, as the sun begins to grow, Later in the evening, you have a chance to speak to each other. 
Alright, so the first thing we have to bring to attention is that wherever we're going, whatever we'll meet, you know, whatever's there knows we're coming. There is another consideration as well, which is, well, if this creature, entity, or person has control over Louise, we could be heading in a completely red herring direction as well. She did say she was planning on meeting us part way. True. Does that mean she's meeting us part way to help or to tear us to tiny little ruins? I suppose that's a bridge we cross when we reach it. Regardless, there's about an 85.6% chance we're heading into a deadly trap of some kind, so we should be prepared. That's an incredibly specific number. I am incredibly specific. We appreciate a calculating mind in the industry. Groff never shared with us what he saw. Okay. <laughs> That's what I thought. Maybe Groff lets out a little chuckle if he's inclined, but no. You guys don't know that he knows. I mean, would Groff even know what he was? I mean, like, he saw him as, like, a metal man, but, like, he's rare. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Groth would have encountered automatons that you kind of resemble in Electrovolt. What? All right, uh, I think I, if Groth was concerned, I think Hank would have spoken up if Groth was concerned. <laughs> um, so. No. I don't know why. I'm, I'm feeling slightly concerned about what's ahead i'm gonna put up a little bit i'm gonna put, put a little bit of some spicy protection some mage armor All right as you make your way out and you conjure the mage armor at a certain point the sun's almost set and louise hasn't arrived and elena is very worried and starts muttering about her and you're just in the middle of of the Everglades, basically. Wait, never mind. I misunderstood the spell. I thought it was 15 plus a dexterity modifier. That's oh, 13 plus dex. Yeah. Can I take that back? Sorry. Well, you'll get your dexterity modifier. It's just, um... I think Racers of Defense stacks over. Oh, it does stack? Armor. Okay, yeah, never mind. Then I will cast armor. it. It's just a spell. Yeah, then I will cast it. So that would make my armor class 17? Yeah. Awesome! Elena, out of curiosity. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. What, what, what do you need? I'm unsure of how much of the conversation that you've overheard already, but um, I, I think one of the concerns that we're looking at now is how much control this entity has over Louise, and if she does show up, whether she'll be here to aid us or it. I'd rather not dwell on that. I know, she, I know she's not going to hurt me. I know that in my heart. Well, that's Do what one I can of six, too. so... Well, I mean, but if the six have a hostage... If all you can... Uh, maybe I can just stay behind. Maybe I'll encounter her. I, sh I should head back. It's too late. Uh, honestly, Elena, at this point, uh, you're a much better chip with us than not with us. Probably shouldn't be going off into the swamp in the dark alone. It might be well, this is the furthest I've ever been. 
from from the town, the village, all the people I grew up with. Can I take a moment to really look at Elena and then disguise self into Elena? What are you doing to Elena? Uh, disguise selfing into her. Yeah. <laughs> with a, a quick raising of a hand, you shift into Elena. Huh. She's taken aback momentarily as she's studying you mm -hmm. up and down. Elena! Not if I... It's just, uh, some kind of, you know, uh, it's, uh, 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 mm, uh it, it, it helps to have a bargaining chip or two. Perhaps this is like, uh, I mean, attempting not to kick. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't ask you to do that. Let's, let's, let's keep moving. Wait, maybe we'll, we'll find that. At that point, that's when she kind of trips a little bit as she leans onto a rock that you notice is not normal rock. It's on the asphalt. It's not. It's asphalt. You find yourself at the edge of a broken highway, flooded into the swamp, shattered and built at an angle as if the very earth beneath it had been shattered at some point in the last few centuries. You see the highway continues on in a direction towards the western sun. Looks like we're on the right path. Elena, mind if I check in with you for a moment? How are you feeling? Of course, darling. Well, she's, I mean the real she, she one. She doesn't know what to say at that point. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean the real one. Are, are I you? Mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've seen seen sorcery, or I've seen seen miracles performed by by the by the first minister. But mm. I'm, I'm doing I'm doing fine. I just just want to keep. I'm just gonna keep my eye out for for Luis. You scared of the dark, honey? No. Nah, I've been living with the dark long enough not to be scared of it. Well, it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of light to keep you company sometimes, and not in a religious sense. I mean, literal. And could I potentially use maybe combine it with like a little plant and use combine and use produce flame to create like a little like flaming like fire flower I could give to her as a gift? Oh yeah, like you grab like a nearby like oversized cattail reed that you broke off and you just kind of use your the fl your natural fire ganasi flame to create like a torch and you pass it to her. That sounds totally mm -hmm. awesome. Style but point. it looks a, it looks a little bit like a flower. Oh, you get you get your inspiration back. Yeet. <laughs> um for setting, is asphalt something that we have in Electroval, or is that not even there? I mean, there are like flagstones and cobblestones that are paved there, but no, the asphalt is a, a tar-like substance that composite that isn't used anymore. There exactly isn't oil fields anymore. It is definitely an old world sign that you have come across an old highway, coastal highway, that was once in this region. Whatever this evil is, may be fairly ancient. Would you like to continue along the broken highway? That's mm -hmm. what Louise told us. Then, you continue on. There's occasionally the hurdle you have to go through, and occasionally the road does sink into the swamp, but you do find it easily enough again. 
You travel until the only faintest bits of twilight still gives you light in the torches that you carry. The sound of cicadas and frogs begin to kind of chirp around you. But you do see a building silhouetting the starry sky ahead. You can also see that as the sun has gone down, more towards the north of where you are, another sort of sun has begun to glow brighter as you can kind of judge your direction by knowing where Electroval is. Or it is very bright on the horizon. It's like Vegas out there in the desert. Though you don't have exactly good visual on it. It is a little bit foggy tonight. Does anybody else feel but, a little comforted knowing that it's still glowing out there? It's what home looks like. No matter how chaotic it may be. I prefer Electroval to my homeland, for sure. Show me. Maybe like looking up at the stars. And you probably wouldn't have seen this a lot in Electroval. You see one star that just seems to streak across the sky, appearing and disappearing in less than a second. Uh, would that be significant? Maybe to Dilby. Okay. But not like, it's not adventure, it's it's backstory, not adventure, is what yeah. I'm trying to do. Yeah, okay, backstory okay, stuff. Okay. <laughs> so, but. Yeah. Dilby, Electroval is not your home? I mean, I, I immigrated, yes. Well, there's not very much in the way of settlements beyond where. What was that? You know, I can't quite recall the name of it. I was very young at the time. I was less than a year. I mean, there's definitely places beyond Electroval. I mean, there's there's wherever Groth is from. I'm not quite familiar with the names of, of your tribes. Still a place of its own. I guess. You see. Hmm? Sorry, finish no, your No, no, go ahead. No, you finish your moment. Oh. This is cooler than what I'm going to do. I guess when you see Electroval as the center of it all, perhaps sometimes we overlook what's beyond. Hmm. And at that moment, Korik, you catch a structure that have crept up on you in the fading lights. Some sort of building on the side of the road. Letters long having fallen off. Oh, I guess they would have addresses in this world, huh? <laughs> but you find yourself out of some, some roadside building. Can we read at all what the letters would have been as they've fallen off, or is it like just roll me off? an investigation check as you try to like you know look for where the writing might be? Uh, can I assist to give him advantage? You can. I don't know if I need it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's. Well, <laughs> cost me nothing. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm gonna very carefully lift this up. I don't know if you'll be able to see it without me turning it, but it's a 19 that I rolled on my own and then when I re-rolled from Rio it was a natural <laughs> 20 
Nice! That's what you, I got like, from saying. You, like, walk along the side and just get a different visual of this. And you just see it says, Irvine's Roadside Museum of Natural History. Who's Irvine? A curator of natural history. <laughs> I mean, that's simple enough, but who is Irvine? And How the, is Irvine? That side entrance is a long, broken window <laughs> as the building has partly sunk into the swamp and about foot-high water leads into a hallway deeper into the museum. Well, y'all, I think this is exactly where we're meant to be. My dear Luis, is, uh, this is how we will release her from her endeavors. That is, is the first point? time I've ever heard you with a loving tone. Well, one tries to embody the role, darling. Oh, <laughs> right, you look like your wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, I look like her. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You've got, you've, got two, you've got two of her, and she just does not know how to take it. Like, she wants to like, say, like, I'm not comfortable with this, but, like, she doesn't really know how to say it, and she's like, you, you clearly got a cool idea on it, so I'm just... Not gonna say anything. <laughs> but she speaks up and says, I mean, I, I, do we go inside? Do we stay out here? Shall we go forth? I mean, it surely isn't going to come out to us. I think think we... about this. A museum of natural history from before the eclipse and from before any history that we know. We found the history of the people who came before history. Don't you understand how big this is? You're right. Could be a gold mine. It absolutely is. So even if we don't necessarily fix everything, we have something massive. Could be worth a lot. Exactly. It could be the greatest story of our decade. I say we go in. So you're saying you want to write it before I take whatever's inside? I'll write about the remnants and what I learned from them. But you can take whatever you'd like for yourself, honey. Oh, Gloria. What? We are going to so. have phenomenal careers together. And so. <laughs> this sounds awesome. We got to keep moving. Yeah. yeah. You're heading inside, it sounds like. What are you doing with the unconscious werewolf hunter that you've been dragging <laughs> through the swampland? Can we leave him in and the Elena. <laughs> Can we put him in a tree? <laughs> just just drape him gently. I look Snakes around because I'm assuming so, I'm assuming that at this point we know what a restroom is. I'm gonna look for a restroom to lock in. Okay, so you step inside and I was about to describe the lobby area. There is indeed a bathroom because I make sure to add latrines to all of my maps. <laughs> I um, know that, Adrian. Greatly appreciated. Of course. Um you never know. <laughs> Um, as you make your way into the swampid lobby area, you do find that there is a, a broken sort of uh, unisex bathroom um, with the door long having rotted and fallen off. Not very private. Nope. But you do see that there is a, an old swampy toilet. Um, very, very, uh, very composting. And you see that there is uh, what looks to be a couple of chairs and a sort of... Um, 
exhibit area and as you kind of come in here you see kind of like a broken shattered globe that's broken and landed in the middle of the floor you see that there it's like a big domed space that leads deeper inside but there are like chairs and stuff so do we think and... it's fine if we just bar the doors and set him next to one of the chairs for now I mean, to be honest, we've done everything in our power to keep this man alive. If he dies by some random happenstance at this point, we would be guilt-free. Okay, let's bar the doors at least. <laughs> and, and, let's not, and let's not leave him on the toilet, because if he dies there, that's going to be real embarrassing to his spirit. <laughs> so I suppose we leave him in the lobby before going deeper? Wait, so, oh. there, so there is a bathroom? Well, not with There's the a bathroom. bathroom. Okay. But if you want to, you could wheel him in there, and I, I don't know, just kind of shove some, some chairs and stuff in front of it. All the times not to take Arcane Block. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing to lock. So we'll... Well, but you just need a door to cast Arcane Lock. You don't actually need a lock. So oh. we'll... there's no door. So we'll secure him so... somewhere out here. <laughs> okay, so you, so you just sit him in a chair, do you put him in the bathroom and just kind of bar that with, like furniture yeah sure so you go ahead you fashion that individual in there and you see that as it's gone dark there's like a little reading light on the chair so you can kind of illuminate him a little bit and yeah he's just kind of gets shunted in there next to the toilet and you just cross just grabs a big sort of uh three sit chair and just kind of leans against it all eaten through probably a family of raccoons or possums maybe probably lived in there at some point Generation, generational housing um and yeah um elena says if you're gonna go deeper i i should probably stay with him be better if uh too if um Luis comes back yeah darling uh, you just stay near the back and uh, uh keep out of trouble uh, I, I, don't worry gloria will take care of you <laughs> I, I, I really didn't want to want to say much but it is kind of confusing and I'm not really used to it. I, I apologize, darling, but this is the only way I can be sure that if Luis does show up, she doesn't just remove our heads. I understand. Just when you're talking to me, just don't just sound like you, if you could. I have to get the accent right, darling. She'll shake her head and just <laughs> and yeah, she makes her way in. Korik, you see that there is what appears to be a little switch on the wall nearby. Oh. Oh. Um. You just see that. One, two, three, flip. So you Let just there top be up light. And flip it, and then there's a <coughs> some some aether some aether magic uh, lighting uh, implements do explode a little bit as they are no longer set up to run the same aether roots as before the eclipsing, but some of them do come on. And as all of you look inside, there's like this dim light that begins to emanate until you see standing right behind you a flickering <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Irvine's Museum of Natural History. I, 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 I will, I will be your host for this evening. I don't like this. Just if you're ready for your complimentary audio tour, I will be your guide. Irvine is some, Jr. Is there some uh, a obvious 
artifice that is making him function? Um, you would probably be able to see that there's like little projectors in the ceiling that are conjuring this illusion. I'm going to Eldritch Blast those. Na 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 I mean, I don't want to see this poor artificial creature enslaved in this way. It's simply a recording. I do not understand. He's do not responding. be afraid. I feel no, I feel no, I feel no pain. Simply, simply record, and it's simply a film meant to guide us and provide extra information. Gloria, if it's simply a recording, how is it responding to what we're saying? Irvine, are you? I have many dialogue options. Irvine, are I'm you... quite an advanced piece of machinery created by some of the greatest Aether engineers and wizards. I feel no pain. How, how do you explain this? I do not approve. Are you ready for your complimentary audio tour? Please grab one of the nearby segways. And also, it's offering it. a broken rack of segways. If it were oh, completely sentient, then it must be enjoying the fact that it may fulfill its duty once again after so long. You see Wouldn't that you at looking? least give it the final chance? As you see, as it's standing there, it's looking at the, it's gesturing towards the broken segways, and then it just glitches, and then just turns 180 degrees in, like, a fraction of a blink, and it's now on an illusory segway, and it's wheeling away deeper into the museum. Okay, follow the construct, please. Let's yeah. Go. I follow okay. the hologram. Ah. I believe the proper term is slave. <laughs> keep walking with the rest. Well, <sighs> I will say that even if you had destroyed the... <laughs> projector above it would have just tracked into the next projector that's in the hallway you <laughs> that's why i was asking if it looked like there was something that he was being created by like 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 not necessarily the projectors but wherever his not, core not is. where you can see yeah but as you are led deeper into the space and the sound of of sloshing footprints go away and you see the flickering lights around you you see some exhibits that you pass some of them talk about times before when the world was covered perhaps in ice or volcanic activity. Ending of the worlds that have existed before, but somehow something has always come after. You come to like one exhibit with broken glass with like a couple of furniture kind of scattered around there, but some of it is broken. And you read the tag below and it says uh, mimics in their natural habitat. <laughs> I'm just writing everything down, like, very feverishly. Yeah, it looks like something broke out of here long ago. Oh. Don't touch anything. We should be aware of mimics, so and this, no. And by the way, this just looks like a, a suburban home. But some stuff is obviously missing, like the armchair and, like, a foot chest. Watch out for an armchair and a foot chest. Follow him as closely as possible at this in the, point. In, in the 1950s of Electroball, they didn't have the Red Scare. They had the Great Mimic Menace. <laughs> <laughs> Mighty Mimic Menagerie. Yep. As you continue to make your way through these exhibits, you see the figure says, and if you continue on ahead, you can see a recreation of our... our, our it flickers out. Ah. <clears throat> I feel no pain. Hi. Welcome. Please grab a nearby Segway. It gestures towards the Mimic case. 
All right, let's keep going. Existence is pain. Come along with me. <laughs> Why do you need to specify that you don't feel pain? Is this a common concern during your typical time of operation? I have many dialogue options. Why is this one of them? <laughs> You're muted, Hi buddy. there. Allow me to be... I am Irvine Jr. Irvine Jr., where's your central core processing unit? My central <sighs> core... Processing, 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 processing. Hi, I'm Irvine Jr. I think... I'm yeah. your guide. Grab a segue. We, we need to continue on. I feel no pain. Let's keep going. Yes, it would appear that I am no longer able to follow you into the next exhibit hall. It appears to be a malfunction with my projecting unit within there. Goodbye, good sir. Irvine, are there other people Farewell. in this facility? Existence is pain. It disappears. Groth? I was, I questioned for a while he was there. Oh, what did you ask him? If there were other people here. It's like, indeed. One of our staff will be with you shortly. Psh, disappears. Um, staff. Let's go into that room very cautiously. Um, I have my weapon out. First off, just for the record. I we'll have my blade. mage armor up. And I have my hands free. <laughs> I'll summon yeah, hands. This sus. Summon my hammer. The matter components for bards and electrofall is just jazz hands. Um, <laughs> as you make your way down the hall. And all that jazz. See that there is a, a chamber in there that seems to be flickering with different colored lights, like kind of greens and reds, and you hear like the sound of a kind of played on a very obvious staticky speaker. Can we see the speaker? Well, you'd have to step into the next chamber, which is about 30 feet ahead of you in the hall. Can't tell if this is tended to be festive or absolutely terrifying. Well, um, as you've walked in here, the the water on the floor is only about an inch or two. No? Um, and as you see, there's like a bunch of like ferns and vines and stuff, obviously some sort of plastic or something like that, designed to give a very jungle-looking feel to this room as you step into the prehistoric section. So, uh, just for you, uh, I'm going to use Disguise Self to turn my hammer into a stick, uh, and then I'm going to walk in as Elena and go, Luis, Luis, are you in here? I will say, you can unsummon it, but um, you, Disguise Self is just for you and your person. Objects you carry on you aren't affected by it. It does specifically say that weapons, I can change them into other forms. Then I'll be damned. Go ahead and do your thing. <laughs> I was looking at it earlier. I was like, oh, I didn't know that I could do that. No, I didn't know it either, apparently. Yeah, so clothing, I armor, weapons, same, and other belongings on your person look different until the spell ends. But yeah, you come into this sort of blinking space. Rising in the middle of the room, you see like a large uh, kind of... Two of you can roll intelligent or nature checks. I can try it. I got a plus two. I have a plus four, so I can try it. Go ahead and roll. Do, do, do. I'm going to use my inspiration. <laughs> All right, that's a 15. You would... Dilby? 16. 
you both would recognize from what documentation has survived of you know, old prehistoric texts that this is the skeleton of a creature known as a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Ah, <gasps> oh, dang it, I wish I had Polymorph! <laughs> and, as you make your way in here, you see that there are many other exhibits of, of creatures that have long ago died. And there is one figure, just kind of sitting at the base of the T-Rex statue, rocking, a smile kind of being appeared on the crone's face. Uh, are you that evil hag who cursed my Louise? Hmm. It has been a while I've been expecting you. Welcome. Does she see the rest of us? Or are we hidden? You don't know. You, you release her from her curse now or, or I, I'm gonna have to get rough with you and I'm slowly inching towards her but in that like I'm a make... scared middle aged woman kind of way yep and as you make your way forward she says well I can assure you that I made no deal with her whatever's been done has been done and exactly as was promised is delivered well, and she's just kind of that... sitting there, just smiling with the hood over her eyes. You start seeing that her skin is all cracked, kind of scaly and purple. She doesn't look like a normal person. I and you're think... you're about 30 feet away from her at the moment. It's a very wide chamber. You know those tiny bot? You know those tiny bottles where they have, like, single, single servings of alcohol? Yeah. Uh, I keep my potion of mind reading in one of those, and I just unscrew it, and I take the shot. All right. You are currently a... casting. You are currently under the effects of the detect thought spell. Yep, and I'm just I'm just reading her a bit, trying to gain insight about what she's talking about. All right. Well, um, what's the range on it? The range on it. How how far is it? Oh yeah, you you have that spell. Thirty. Uh, I have to look at it. You would it's have to feet. step. You would have to step as close as Dilby is right now. Mentally, just stay in the bushes. Glory. So you want to sneak, Quark? Um, go ahead and roll stealth check. As you kind of, if you want to step within the chamber and but kind of tuck behind some of the fake foliage. Oh, I do, but I was, I was also just saying that to Gloria. Like, just you can get, get oh. closer and stay in the bushes. Have yeah, you I'll, do, I'll try. You uh, yeah, your psychic thing. Yeah. Oh, I can re-up that right now. Sorry. I guess it has been oh. quite a while. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna try to sneak with my really not decent sneak. All right, both stealth checks, both of you. Uh, twenty-two. Cause my stealth is a plus. 11. I'm gonna use my inspiration. Ah, <sighs> dirty twenty. First one was an eight. All right. So you begin approaching. I'll say that Dilby slowly walking forward is about twenty feet from her. What's Gross doing? Uh, Grath is just watching. So, are you are you are you stepping just within the door frame and just standing back visibly, or? Yeah. All right, so you're just kind of standing back, weapon at the ready. Um, Dilby yes. is just kind of approaching, holding the stick, ready to whack a mole, a bitch if he's got a. Um, 
the two of you are kind of sneaking as well as you can. Are you next to each other, or did you kind of fork off? I... I'll stay next to Gloria, yeah. Yeah, I'm mostly going in to uh, use detect thoughts and try to get some insight into what she's talking about or her sincerity. Well, as you go ahead and um, you kind of direct the sort of... You're just reading her passive stuff? Uh, yes, at the moment. You don't really get any read off of her. Almost as if she isn't there or her mind is blocking the communication somehow i kind of i i i give i give my i give our little friend a look and i ask him in his head do i do i do i go further i can't read anything on the surface Right now, it seems like our options are go further or immediately attack, so you might as well get as much information as we can. I would like to dig. You use your action to dig, and no roll is necessary, because you still can't pierce her thoughts. It not, it's not Yobi. working. You'll be. You're about 15 feet from her. Alright, 15 feet, I would like to... Uh surge forward and uh, swing my stick hammer. Alright. As you go ahead and you swing out, she looks at you and says, I was hoping we could talk nicely, but I guess not. As you swing and the hammer as it breaks from the illusion and appears, slices through her form, unaffected. As above, a flickering projector flickers out. And you just hear a mad cackle throughout the room. Oh boy. And I need... And then, I will say, as you are reeling from that, you hear a lurching from the center of the room as a red glow begins to form within the skull of the T-Rex skeleton. Oh, oh And it no. begins oh, to no. break its scaffolding, and I need everyone to roll initiative. Oh boy. Oh dislike. <laughs> okay. This is why we use hammers. <laughs> this is why we hit our problems. Alright, that's a sixteen. Construct nine. Twenty-one. Corch. Twenty-six. <laughs> I didn't know you could go that high, but congrats. Oh, so no, 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 24. Sorry, it's 19 plus 5. 24. Not 26. Not 26. Okay. Roth. Still congrats. 27. No, I'm sorry. 17. Not 27. <laughs> and like, Roth, I'm a one up. into the lead. Outperforming <laughs> Koroth, 26. Uh, and Adrian, would you guys roll initiative? You roll D30, 30s, right? <laughs> <laughs> God, the beasts of speed. Uh, no, actually, I prefer my uh, initiative dice to uh, be prime numbered. Oh. Mm, I don't like that. Dislike. Right. Roll a d6. So, as you are standing within the space and you see the shrouds of the metal scaffolding fly off of this T Rex skeleton, as an orange light begins to glow within its skull, it lets out a. <laughs> sound out of its maw being projected. That sound is going to be in my nightmares, man. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope that picked up well. Um, Corrit, you did, unfortunately. to react as you are hiding in the bushes and you're like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Yeah. And um, Dilby just kind of turns his head up. <laughs> or nine, as he is actually called. Um, <laughs> oh god. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna psychic blades it. Um, I don't know what else to do because the caster has disappeared. And that was a, oh shoot, does, does an 11 hit? <laughs> Uh, and 11 will not hit. You are just Great. too startled at the moment as this thing begins to lurch and bend. Um, and technically, all of you are surprised, technically, because uh, her plan went off. So, technically, none of you have a reaction until your turn goes. Cork, that is your action. That is, uh, I believe that is going to be my bonus action as well, because I can't use my other attack unless I use the first one. Well, oh, you used it. You, you can always just... Oh, you're right. Okay. I will, uh, I'll, yeah, unless, but, then. but you are revealed in case you, you wanted to hide again. Um, you know what? By the way, I just want to say that when you made the joke of dying on the toilet, <laughs> I was just like, hmm, <laughs> could I work that out? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and use that bonus action to hide. All right. That's a good Sounds idea. good. So Cutting you, action. you send, so you send out this, uh, what, what, what does, what do the psychic needles look like? Um, so it's it's like purple and blue kind of glowing translucent so pieces of it become invisible at different times as other pieces are visible so as it rotates through the air and hits something way above the T-Rex I'm going to use the distraction of it having moved to duck behind another bush go ahead and re-roll that stealth check okay but it's now uh, uh, Construct 9's turn as you are below this thing and uh, Ooh, that's a 16 It would it would appear that you had just tried to strike an illusion. Okay. Uh, I mean, do I get my full suite of actions or no? Uh, yeah, it's your turn. Okay. It's just that uh, until you go, none of you had a reaction, so Korok wouldn't have technically gotten sneak attack there because you were still getting a chance to reel yourself. Uh, is it within striking distance? Because she was. Yes, it is. Like you're right okay. there. You have to move like ten feet forward. Okay. So I'm going to maul slash booming blade it. Uh, that's a twenty-six to hit. All right, 26 hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Okay. Come on, roll 20. Stop. Stop. Go away. Okay, so I'm going to give it to you in stages because there's a lot of different things I have to roll. So that's going to be 8 for the base damage, and that's bludgeoning. Okay. And then it's going to be an additional 8 uh, uh, thunder damage. Okay. And now it has booming, so if it moves on its next turn, it would take extra damage. Uh, then okay. I'm going to Quicken Spell, cast Shocking Grasp. Sure. Uh, for a 15? Uh, 15 just barely hits. Okay. And that will be another 8 lightning damage, and it can no longer take reactions on its turn, and then I will move 20 feet away from it. Okay. You go ahead and you run up and you just strike at it and then grab a hold of it, release the shock as it goes reeling back momentarily. Its whole body just arching up. Groth. Um, how far away am I? Uh, running into the room from the center thing, you're probably gonna have to go to engage with it. <coughs> I'll, let, I'll say that if you use all your movement, you can get there. Okay, because also with the glaive I have, it's got 10 feet reach. 
Yeah. And then All right. as um, bugbear, I have an extra five feet of reach. Then I will I will say definitely because uh, you yeah yeah you can definitely get there. Okay. Um. I'm going to turn the side place. Yeah. Where do so you just backed up straight, correct? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, I mean, it could be at an angle. I just moved 20 feet away. Yeah, you just moved 20 feet from where it was. All right. And it hopes that it will pursue someone. Yep. Okay. Um, first attack is a... Oh, Did you go ahead and pull out your Oni Glaive? Um, 18 hit. 18 will hit. Glory is on. on deck. Yep, um, I know what I'm doing. Fifteen for the first hit. Second hit. Um, it's a. It's a. That twelve doesn't hit, I assume. Nope. So how much damage was it from the first attack? Uh, fifteen total. Fifteen total uh, slashing damage. Got it. As you go ahead, you strike against it. You manage to kind of reach up and rattle a bunch of the ribs on it. Sorry, it'd be sixteen since it's a plus one. 16. One more point of damage. All right. Is that it? Yep. Gloria, it's your go. All right. So, I would like to use all seven charges on my Wand of Magic Missile, but can I describe how I do it? Go ahead. So, basically, um, I flip over to, like, the back page of my journal... Um, just far away from everything else that I've written in. And I take the pen I've been using and just almost like take the, take the tip and squash it down so all the ink just splatters all over the page. And then from the ink on the page, there's seven bullets that come out. Like little triangles, yeah. Yeah. And you go ahead and you send out a bunch of asteroid spaceships towards this T-Rex. I, I send little ink bullets. Pew, 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 pew. As they flash out, they're like little black and they start to glow the same sort of orange energy as mm -hmm. Gloria's hair. Go ahead and roll the damage. That All right. Six extra, that's upcasted six times, so that's uh, seven. Nine? nine? Ooh. Yeah, because it's three base and then you added six more. Ooh, nice. I like that. So you might want to just roll it on DD Beyond. That's what I'm on. doing, and my computer's lagging from trying to do so. All right, so that's 22 plus 9, which so is 31. 31. All right. 31 force damage. And I need you to roll me a d20. Yep. That's a 19. Uh, it doesn't actually explode. It The pen just reformed itself. It's just out okay. of ink. It's just out of ink. All right. Um, yeah. Well, as all of you are beginning to lash out at it, mm. Yeah. I am going to need Groth to roll me a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Come on. Come on, my man. Be wise. Be wisdomed. 16? 
you feel as though there's some sort of presence pressing onto your mind, and as you try to force it out, you find yourself just standing there, like another statue in the museum. Your wit's still about you, but you're unable to move or speak. Um. I only ask for my inventory reasons. Is there a particular condition that he is under? He's paralyzed. Okay. And I imagine Groth can, like, communicate in his mind, like... I was gonna say, do we still have the psychic thing out? That would not be affected. Your mind is unaffected. Cool. Um, but, having been blasted by this, it is going to go ahead and take the 1d8 thunder damage. Uh, as it 2D. takes a step. 2d... Uh, is, is it 2d8? Or yeah, is it X? I'm level 5, so it's an extra 2d8 damage. Hold on one second. Yep. Go ahead and roll the damage. 12. Alright. As it lets out this thunderous boom as it roars in tandem, you see that the heat inside of its head brightens and it releases it in the direction of Gloria and Dilby and Cork because you are still hiding there as it releases a cone of flame from its mouth okay I'm resistant to this that's okay I am not <laughs> uh, as it is a fire breathing T-Rex skeleton <laughs> and yes Adrian. this is homebrew Adrian may I politely ask was this creature entirely self-indulgent? Uh, well, there's a chance we'd never get to it. Um, what are the <laughs> deck saves? Deck saves, okay. All right, and we're then... doing those. Let me roll that. <clears throat> That's a five. I have a 20... 25, because I used my inspiration. That Evasion, you'll be fine. <laughs> yep. You'll be. Oh, no, you're... Dilby, you were there. What did you roll? 11. 11. And Gloria, you rolled a what again? Five. It's okay. So I'm you resistant. two are taking full damage. Korok is taking no damage. Wait, I, I'm resistant. I'm not taking full damage. You're taking half damage, so. Yes. Ha. Uh -huh. My wizard self doesn't die today. Of all the times not to take two it. Two more D10s. Thanks, plus five deaths. <laughs> Oh, it's a plus eight for a deck save. That was a 28. <laughs> so. Uh... You, uh, Dilby is going to take 25 points of psych uh, fire damage. Gloria is going to take 12 points of fire damage. Gork, you take none as you manage to see it in time. However, all the foliage you were hidden under just turns into melted plastic. Oh, Lord. Okay, so much for hiding. You, I'd say that you leap behind the little, you leap behind like the shelf that all the uh, fake foliage is growing out of, or like the planter, but you probably won't be able to hide here next turn. As you just see this T-Rex <sighs> let out a torrent of flame in your direction. Alright, Cork. Uh, um, I am going to go ahead and try that psychic plate attack again and hope it hits this time. Alright, go ahead, roll to hit. Uh, that is going to be a 19 to hit. That is going to hit. And do I have anybody close enough by to use the sneak attack with that? Or everybody's going to back no. away? No. Okay. 
Nope, because uh, it moved away from uh, the bugbear, and the bugbear was paralyzed. Okay, so that's going to be six damage for the first, and then with my offhand attack, that is a 25 to hit, and for uh, six damage again. Six points of damage. All right, uh, sorry, repeat that damage again. Uh, so first one was, uh, I believe first one was six points of damage, and second one was also six points of damage, so 12 total. I rolled a one twice. All right, six points of damage. As you lash out of it, you see that it, uh, the fire inside kind of flickers when you throw the blades up. You see it's already starting to kind of crack where the bones are. All right, Construct 9. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to run up to our buddy. I'm going to quicken spell Lesser Restoration with a touch. You are no longer held. And then I will turn towards the big boy and I will give it a couple of spicy Eldritch Blasts. Alright, go ahead and roll your Eldritch Blast. Uh, 23 and 19. Go ahead and roll uh, 2d10 damage. Unless you got the invocation. Uh, so that's only seven for both. So five and two. Every little bit counts as you go ahead, you blast through. Several of its ribs have broken off. Gross, it is your go. Um, I'm going to nod to... What's the name? Dilby. Dilby. <laughs> um, so is Dilby... So no one is next to the creature, right? Mm-hmm. No, I know what's next to you, so... Um, I'm going to... Oh, good God. I'm gonna run up and get right up next to it. Yep. What do you do? Uh, I'm gonna attack. Uh, so we're going to double attack. First one is a uh, 21. Hit. Second one is a dirty 20. Hits. Okay. Um, so, so uh, 21, and then um, spend my bonus action to do fainting attack. So, right. suspend the superior dice, so next attack will have advantage, and it's a roll extra. Alright. Okay, but that's my turn right now. Alright. Gloria. Oh. As you see All that right. this thing has taken heavy damage. Alright. Uh, is it possible for me to fireball it without getting any of my friends in the ball? Bilby, what are you saying? I was just going to say on my turn, I'm used to having a map. I would have moved to not be directly in fire breath range of everyone else. Like, separately. Oh, yeah, I, I, you, you had to run to Groth, and Groth was off to the side anyway. Yeah. So, I assume that happened. Okay, cool. All right, can I can I do it so that it's like at the edge of a fireball, so like none of my buddies will get hurt? If you want, this thing's taller than you. Yeah, I'll do that. I just don't want to hit any of my party members. Nope, don't worry. Anyway, yep. Fun fact: this is my first time ever casting fireball in D and D. The momentous occasion. Your first time casting fireball. The fire-breathing T-Rex skeleton rolls a natural (laughs) twenty. Fuck. All right, that's okay. 
It still takes something. All right. I rolled exactly average damage, so it only takes 15. Have to seven. No, 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 I already halved it for you. Um, but it has fire resistance. Ah, crap. Ah. <laughs> I spent a third fire level Fire resistance spell. is a double-edged sword. You are a jerk, sir. You are a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for thinking that a fire-breathing T-Rex skeleton would have trouble getting caught on fire. I'm it's so just sorry. a little toasty. He's, he's not wrong. It's so toasty like marshmallow. <laughs> I would now require... Mm, that's complicated. Uh, but mm, Roth already had something done. What did... No. I guess not. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, Construct 9 to roll me a charisma saving throw. I'm pretty sure you're good at those. He can do it, bro. But I think this is what would happen. You kind of feel like some sort of presence trying to push you out of wherever you are, but you manage to resist. Don't get possessed. You look around and you're not entirely sure where that's coming from. Though it is now the T-Rex's turn. Looking very damaged and battered is going to look down at is acting a little feral it is going to begin by chopping actually gotta make sure I look at its attacks uh, first thing I gotta do three it's fire breasts come back um, it is going to make a Tail attack against the. Sorry, I'm just trying to remember which one of you are. Um, it's going to be, begin by making a tail attack against uh, Construct 9 and then bite attack against Groth. Okay. As it kind of steps over. Uh, uh, as it goes ahead and, and steps over, it swings its tail wide around to whack against you. So I'll go ahead and roll that one first. Um, 19 to hit. 19 will hit me. Um, and then against you, uh, 17 to hit. Nope. Rock. Nope. You go ahead and you just kind of stick the glaive up into its maw and hold it there. But Dilby, you do get, I'm sorry, you're the one getting all the punishment here. Ah, uh, it's fine. Okay, so, um, as my reaction, I'm going to do a repost since yeah. it missed me. Absolutely. Uh, 24 points of uh, bludgeoning damage. By the way. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Go ahead and make your repost. Okay. Um, and then I also have advantage on this from the fencing attack and it's kind of superior very nice to the damage. Yep. Uh, 25 to hit. 25 hits. Roll damage. Twenty-four? Twenty-four damage? Yeah. How would you like to do this? Nice! Um, yeah. Slice that freaking head it off. It had eleven hit points left. Mm, slice that freaking head off. Bring the yeah, glaive so up and just 
So it's like as its fire is beginning to billow and you like block it by just jamming its uh it's it's the the glaive into its mouth and it's keeping it wide open. You go ahead, you swing your way in with your long NBA bugbear arms as you fly within, and then there's a shing like like in an anime as the head's just there and you're jumping out of the bottom of the skull where the esophagus might once have been and just severing the, the spine right where the head is attached is just a small cut as the head just shatters to the ground and this billow of flame and smoke shoots up as all of you cover your eyes as the head glows red hot and explodes in its death throes. I need everyone in this chamber to roll me a dexterity saving throw. Ah. I get to use the d12. <sighs> Seven. Twenty-four. You take no damage. Twelve. What was it? Twelve. Adrian, you seem so happy to roll those damage die. And then... Alright, so, uh, Dilby, you rolled a... Uh... Oh, sorry, Construct 9? 12? Uh, 41 points of fire damage, Scroth. 15. Uh, 41 points of fire damage, Gloria. 7. Uh, 20 points of fire damage, Cora. Ha-ha! 24. Zero points of fire damage. Fun fact, I had 41 <laughs> hit points left exactly. <laughs> Is anyone down? No. <laughs> so, Dilby, after getting bludgeoned with that whack and the head falls to the ground and as it shatters, it bursts into a bright explosion that completely torches the entire interior in here. Any water on the floor instantly evaporates into steam, and all of you have to shield your eyes or tuck behind. Quark, you dive into a nearby trash receptacle. Um, or no, it's even more, it's like, you, you see, like, you go to, like, that one of those same sort of exhibits showing, like, a suburban home, and there's just a lead-lined refrigerator, and you just, like, Indiana Jones dive inside. Uh, always wanted to do that with a rogue. Um, and yeah, the... The entire room is on fire, the smell of burnt plastic fills all of it, and Dilby is on the ground. And you just hear a laughing. Ha 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 still fine, God. You are amusing. But my time here is done. And so is yours. Shit, 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 shit. Y'all ready to run? Lights, just go out. And don't come back on. You see that Dilby? Or. Uh, not I mean, Dilby. My disguise self would be gone, yeah. Is lying there. Their face kind of scorched at the edges of it. Some of the components melted, but. What do you do? Right, uh, combat. Uh, I don't know much about mechanics. Oh gosh. Uh, does rush. anyone have healing? I'm gonna rush over to Dilby and dump the potion of greater healing down his throat. Go ahead and roll that healing. I was gonna ask uh, Dilby to first roll me two death saves though. Okay. Don't roll a natural one. Don't roll a natural one. 
I'm trying to figure out how to do that on here. So I just roll a d20? Just roll a d20. Uh, 12 and... You'll make it. 18. <sighs> Fortunately, your own system manages to go into a hibernation mode. And that's 17 healing from the potion. And it's not so... And, and, and as this sort of purified vitality is put within you, your system kind of begins to convert it into aether. The same aether lined within it until Dilby, your eyes kind of blink on. And you are surrounded by everyone in the darkness other than the light of the sort of smoldering displays around you. I immediately turn into Dilby as if somebody just saw my penis. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you... How are you looking at I'm saving that quote forever. I immediately turn into Dilby as if someone just saw my penis. <laughs> How are you I'm looking? at 17 of 58, so... Also, okay. I just realized, does my hair give off any light? I'm literally on fire. Yeah, you'd, it'd be a very dim light, though. Maybe, like, five feet out. Yeah, I'll use, I'll use a produced flame to create <laughs> some more light for us. Alright, so you guys got a little bit of a torch light in here right now. Um... Cross is gonna go up, pull something out of his pack, and like look at Dilver or Dilby, and be like, <laughs> "Is this okay?" And like pulls like a salve out, and like goes to touch him. Uh, I have I have potions of healing. It's fine. All right, then I'm gonna do it on myself then. All right, so you begin rubbing yourself down. Um. I really don't know yeah. what we can do right now, but at least we have some kind of story. I don't know. Maybe we can send back somebody more capable to deal with this. Eventually, you hear the sounds of footsteps and a wheelchair being pushed down the hall, and you see... Is everything okay? I, I heard something, and, and I, was I was afraid of the worst. What happened in here? Everyone's okay. Unfortunately, that includes the hag. And suddenly you start hearing the sounds of a grunting, and then a... Choo! Sneezing out of the chair is a figure that adjusts their eyes and, and looks around at you. Pulls the IV out of their arm. What, what, what is going on here? Uh, what? Who, who are you people? Where, where am I? We saved your life. What's that awful smell? You can... Uh, it's Irving's Natural History Museum. Also what? the smell of bird and plastic. What? What? The beast! What happened to the beast I, I was hunting? Dude, do, do, I haven't introduced myself. My name is, uh, uh, Rochester Romero. Um, and he kind of, like, uh, kind of shushes away and begins kind of adjusting his, uh, chair. What? What? What's going on here? Why did you bring me? To, well, to our vines or whatever. The beast you are hunting is dead. We found Hun you in the swamp. It's funny you say that, as he's about to question if when you hear another set of footsteps running down the hallway. And just as quickly, you see Elena run off to meet the figure emerging from there, lit by the faint bits of burning museum exhibit from the death throes of the fire-breathing T-Rex. You see hugging, kind of shifting down into a diminutive form as she steps into the light. 
Luis hugging Elena. I suggest we make our way out the back and let those two lovely women enjoy their time in peace. How about it, boys? Now that the creature is definitely dead, and I am definitely human. Yes. Dude, you have my, you got my belongings. You wouldn't be happy to head back towards Electroval anytime soon. Oh, that's exactly where we're headed. I Unfortunately, all your belongings, I think, go back in Herbertsville. Ah, oh, we can sneak back and get them. Well, tensors, tensors, floating disc. Woo, okay. cubicle. I, okay. I, I will cubicle. say, if that's the case, you would see her that. Luis would say, thank you. Again. And a deal is a deal. Come on, Elena, let's go. You won't find much resistance back in the village. I made sure of that. <laughs> and she'll run off. And you see that she turns into a giant wolf in the process of carrying. Mind you, Elena, or Luis, is a smaller stature than Elena. So she kind of like picks up her wife and then turns into a wolf in the process and begins running out the front of the museum. And we make I sure hex. that our I, we I, make sure our hunter friend does not see this. Yeah, I hex him wisdom so he can't be good at perception. <laughs> I'll roll it uh, just because. Yeah, With nope, that was a natural nineteen and two. He does not see that. He's, he's like trying to like brush the smoke out of his eyes. Um, Mr. Romero, That's the let's... best use of hex I've ever used in my life. <laughs> yes. Cork. Mr. Romero, let's get back your equipment and. Uh discuss our fees for rescuing you. Absolutely. Have you seen my, <laughs> have you seen my firearm? Oh, and I will, I'll reach into my pocket, keeping it safe for you, sir, and hand it back to him. All right. You did. I, mess you I, I, briefly, I briefly messaged him. You really could have said you never seen it. Seriously, dude? And I thought you were a thief. Yeah, but think of <laughs> how many firearms anyway. we could buy with all that platinum. <laughs> well, with that... We enter the epilogue stage. I would like to ask now, what would you like to do as we kind of come to the sunset of this little game? As It's really more of a sunrise by the time you would get back to any semblance of civilization. Well, I'd like to write an amazing story about a backwards little town that got absolutely decimated by the beast and how we saved and how we and how we were able to drive it away to never come near Electroval again. But it's okay. What was lost deserved to be lost. For Electroval is amazing in all its light, its glory, its reaches into the future. That story is read on the front page of every Tab Media product and Electroval. And it's the biggest hit for the 24 hours it is published. <laughs> Signed by Gloria Parcher as lead journalist in the headlines of Crazy Wolf Girl Decimates Village. Future uncertain. <laughs> or, when you do return to the village, you find that Herbertstown has undergone an attack. Headwaters, the minister there, was slain gloriously in combat, but has been given a saintly funeral 
alongside many of the others who had died. His son ended up taking up the honor of holding the crook and continuing to lead the congregation towards better light. Of course, it is not until later that day do they begin to notice a blight having freshly formed in the crops of the village. In the knoll of the grass, the green, a slightly browner shade than it was the day before. That's spooky. It's not but a month later that the residents of Herbertsville begin to vacate the settlement, making their way back to Electroval, finding that the blood spilled on their land. It seems no longer willing to provide them the fruit for them to live on. Dilby, perhaps on some other escapade out in the area, you and Gloria find a clue towards the past and a way to perhaps free your people. A fragment of the same pentadrone that makes up the shaft of your hammer. Groth, a mix of memories come to you. You are let off of your bail. Your debt has been finished and you can remove the leather and the Aethertech wristband that is attached to you and go back onto your life. Cork, with many new individuals coming to Electroval, many of them are ready to take part in the indulgences. And perhaps while you maybe didn't form a new criminal network, got many young recruits that you can begin educating on the way the world works. And you surprisingly find that the oldest secret of Lechterval, the same one that the patron, the paragon, Vanek, speaks to you in your mind, is simply the moral that was realized. The land itself was never pure, and neither were the people. It was always an illusion sate the understanding the moral understanding and belief of one woman who moves back onto that same blighted knoll satisfied in knowing that people truly are corruptible and that there is really no good virtue beyond the illusions we craft and may that not be the moral that we were hoping of that story. It is the one that Abuela Verdad, or Mother Truth, is satisfied with. Of course, saints and sinners continue to live and die in Electroval, as do ordinary people. And the mysteries of the future are uncertain and ready to be discovered for when it is time. And I would like to thank everyone this evening for taking part in this exciting adventure. I hope everyone had fun. And that is me. Thanks so much for hosting. Yes, thank you Yay. so much. Yes. Uh, if you were a patron of the Maddie Misfit Menagerie, we will be doing an after party of this episode where we will get to the bottoms of all the things we didn't do. Um, <laughs> uh, so look for that on our Patreon. Uh, if you're not a patron of ours and you would like to see that, um, you can become a Patreon for as little as a dollar. 
juicy all of those this concludes the adventure full moon over the bayou if you enjoyed the content you heard here today please be sure to check out other content posted by dice carnival you can also check out the content posted by our collaborators the mighty misfits menagerie music is used with permission by this way to the egress i would say i hope to see you again soon but how would i know <laughs>